I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. You are all scruffy. I am scruffy. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't shave on the Cub Scout trip because it wasn't required to, you know, have the day managed to shave. Nope. It would have been really hard to fit it in while I was managing a small guy. Oh, yeah. So just getting a shower was, yeah. Was an adventure. It was. It was. The whole long weekend was kind of an adventure. Well, I wouldn't say I was bracing myself because I try not to tense myself up beforehand, but I was expecting it to be fairly rough going. It mostly wasn't as bad as I thought, or at least the parts I thought would be worse were managing him, and for me it was more managing the situation. Mm-hmm. So this was Cub Scout camp. Sleepaway camp, Sleepaway. as opposed to day camp that he went to a week or so ago, a right. couple weeks ago. Right, and originally his mommy was going to take him, and then she could not get off of work. Yes. And he was already registered, and I had paid for him. And so you went. Yes, because I had decided that he needed to be able to try to go at least once. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did it. Yes. Especially now that it's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I knew that the things that would be the hardest, of course, were his behavior issues, managing food issues that I have and he has, mm-hmm. and his bathroom issues. Yeah, there is that. So there was some of each of those, but none of those were as big as I thought they would be, even though the first day he did crap his pants full three times. And by full, you mean? I mean full. And and there was nowhere to wash things. So it's like, we don't use this underwear ever again. We'll just get new ones. It was like underwear were diapers, and we just kept changing them. That's our eight-year-old boy. Well, he doesn't want to, but he wasn't following the program, which we had talked to the doctor about earlier that week. Right. We brought him into the doctor earlier that week for a sore throat, and we talked to the doctor while we were there, and the doctor said, absolutely, he needs to be on a schedule, and that's the only way we're going to get this managed. Yes. And the boy heard it, and so he tried it the next day, and what did he say to you? Mom, it worked! It works if you go and sit on the toilet. (gasps) Son of a gun. Although, actually, I think the thing he was telling me was working was I had explained to him how to wipe his own bum. Oh. Because I said, you need to use the tactile sense, the skin of your bum, and the sense of touch inside your bum. And he was like, ew, touch my bum. And I said, no, the sense of touch in the skin of your bum and feel, where is the paper? And has the paper gotten that part yet? And when the paper gets that part, you look at the paper and did it get clean? And then if it's clean, you can get a new piece of paper and go to another part. But if it was dirty, you get a new piece of paper and go back to that same part. And you don't stop until you feel every part get touched by paper and you look at it and it comes off clean. We didn't know you were going to give everybody a wipe your butt (laughs) tutorial today. Sorry. It's okay. But then he's like all excited that that actually worked. Well, we've tried lots of ways of explaining how to wipe your butt, but... uh, But he still needed help. He did. When he did get to the toilet, he did wipe his butt, so... I win! Yes, you do. Hey, Mom, it works! (laughs) Good job. Thanks. These are things we should be explaining to like two and three-year-olds. I know, but but that's not how it works for him. He has sensory things among other things. Developmental delay and sensory integration issues and tactile. Yeah. So it's never... Obstinate. Yeah. 
That's another story. Things and yeah. We had gone to the doctor because he did have a sore throat. And, and I wanted to make sure we weren't bringing strep to like 300 Cub Scouts. And at that point, he was actually on the downslope of this infection. And it seemed to be viral because there was no inflammation. It was just... But when I called to make the appointment the day before, it was not better. It was not better. And it was starting to get better when we went to the doctor. And the doctor said, if it's starting to get better and it looks viral, it doesn't look bacterial, then just let it get better and he'll be fine. Well, he had been crying the night before. He had been. It hurts. Mm -hmm. And for him to feel something. It has to be pretty intense. Sensory concerns involved. Yeah, it does have to be pretty intense. So I was concerned at that point. It was good to know that it wasn't a problem. And it was good for him to hear from the doctor what we've been trying to do, Mm -hmm. which is get him on a schedule. Yes. So Also in the lead up to this, you had been planning on how to pack the car and how to manage your things and how to manage being gendery at Cub Scout camp. Yes, I had said to you when I was packing... I'm trying to figure out if it's okay to put the packers in here or what I should do about this because I needed a packer for swimming Mm -hmm. and, you know, I had the dick patrol with me, so I needed the packer for swimming. And I said, you know, nobody's going through anybody else's stuff. If you don't give any indication that our number two child should have any interest in anything in your package, in your packs. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at you. That was good. Yeah, just leave that. (laughs) I will. Okay. That then, you know, our child is not going to be going through your things and no. finding your dick. He was busy finding sticks and running around. and So. Yeah, getting packed. And we had, I was going to bring, there's tents there for the scouts. Mm-hmm. They're canvas. They have a pallet, a wooden pallet floor. And they're big enough for like two scouts to sleep in. Mm-hmm. Or a scout and a parent. Right. But there's no bug net. Or anything like that. And I was bringing our, not small tent, but our regular size tent. Mm-hmm. That um, sleeps two adults. I think it's a four-person tent, so it probably does sleep two. Yes. <laughs> and that I was going to set up behind, which is what a lot of parents plan and do. And then some of them end up with their scouts in there anyway because the kids get scared by a deer or something during the night. Right. Thinking it's a bear. Yeah. Yeah, so I, we, you helped me pack the car. I did help you pack the car because I'm on summer break and I can do that. Yeah. And I brought the wagon, the wagon with the big wheels that we bought at the garage sale the the other year. Yes. For like the $5 one. Yes. Yeah. That it needs be- new wheels, but you know what? Even though they don't hold air, they totally work better than lugging all your yeah. sleeping bags and coolers. Duffel and all bags crack. and all that nonsense. Yes. Yeah. So you had everything all packed up. Yes. And then... We were driving to the hotel on Thursday, staying overnight because we had to be camp in the morning, and it's far from our house. Yes. Very far. Yes. You did not want to get up at midnight to drive to be there at, what, like seven, eight o'clock in the morning. That's not going to work. So you drove all day and... Yeah, the driving went well. Because he was still a little under the weather, he actually just fell asleep. Yay. So he rested, and that was important. Yes. For him to get enough rest before we went anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we went to the hotel and there's going to be a pool and we're staying overnight there with a lot of the other parents were meeting up and letting their kids swim at the pool and going out to eat. And So there were already a lot of other Cub Scout families at the hotel. It sort of began the scouting weekend experience. Yes. There was a den leader who's also a, one of the pack leader assistance. And she seemed to be good at being in charge of 
making them quit running around being maniacs because they had their scout shirts on. You know, they were scout t-shirts, but they had them on and they were being a bad example of themselves. <laughs> That's <laughs> so great. Yeah. So at the hotel. Did he have any trouble at the hotel or? No, he was thrilled when we got there. We were actually first. Yeah. And he wanted to go swimming and I went swimming with him because it was hot. Uh-huh. And I jumped in and swam around under the water with him and stuff, and he was perfectly happy. And, and then I was glad when some other kids came and could do that because no I kidding. was all done being in the bug pool. <laughs> like you get out and you had to shower to rinse yourself. And when you took your trunks off, they were full of like pieces of bugs. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. They were doing construction there. I see. I, I, they weren't focusing on cleaning the pool. Although our son tried to clean it with the skimmer. Oh. But being that. distractible, he didn't probably catch that many pieces of bugs. Speaking of distractible, you were stuck running around after the little maniac and you even lost your keys, which you never do. I did at the hotel. I wanted to run off to the store because I had forgotten to put a couple things in the cooler, including a gluten-free beer. <laughs> Yep. Which was really nice and cold in the back of our fridge because we were all going to like have a, a drink and hang out and that's what I can have. Right. But, you know, they, they were having a drink at, out at dinner and there was no gluten-free beer to be found. But first of all, there were no keys to be found. And uh -huh. I, I never do lose my keys. I always put them where I can see them or find them. Right. But I was so busy. Like you start to look for the keys and as soon as you start to get your train of thought in the sequence of events, you're managing something that he's doing. And there's no finding keys in, in that particular uh, approach. Mm -mm. Uh, it took me a while, but I did eventually find them. <laughs> That's good because you had to drive then to camp the next day. Yeah, if I hadn't found the keys. Mm. That... And you'd have missed out on all that fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, he would have missed out on all that fun. Yeah. Let me put it that way. Okay. So, these kids got to bed late, and this was a beginning of a trend. Oh. Yeah, which is not a good trend for our particular child. No, it's not. No, our third child, she can manage those types of stay up late things. Mm-hmm. But he cannot because he wakes up early regardless. He will wake up early. Doesn't matter mm -hmm. what time he gets right, to bed. Right, right. Unless he's sick, he will be up at like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it wasn't great for me either because I started a trend of waking up at 4 for some reason instead of 5 or 10 to 5. You generally wake up with the sun, which is at about 5. It gets light out at 5, yeah. Yeah. And I wake up a little before that because I have gotten used to an alarm that wakes me up so I could get up for walking and be outside when it gets light. Yes. But four o'clock is not that time, but I, I did. I woke up at four and... I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. So then you are at camp and you're getting everyone checked in and you're looking around and you didn't see any other gendery people. No, I pointed that out to you when I came home. I didn't see any gendery people the whole weekend. I saw some people who looked like they might be not gendery people that could have actually been gendery people, but it was my guess. And probably I have some subconscious reason to that guessing, but out gendery type people were not present. And as you pointed out to me, I was at a Boy Scout camp. Your queer dar had no pings. No, nope, nothing going on. And yes, I did point out that you were at Boy Scout camp and they're not generally um, known for being terribly friendly to the queers, which has had me mildly concerned about his and your participation this entire time. But we're in the West and everybody's fairly libertarian and doesn't give a rat's rear end about what anybody else is doing as long as it doesn't trample on their rights. I feel sometimes like, especially if I think about the weekend, 
looking back on it as I was driving home and last night I was thinking, I feel sort of like the, uh, what is the word I want? It's not preemptive maybe, but the um, the recon spy for the queers. I'm going to go in and scope it out, guys. <laughs> Let you know what's going on in there. What you're walking into. Aww. You know, because they, they don't know right. as far as I know. Although being a trans person, I always wonder, do I look different to them? But apparently not. And as I'm wondering that, one of the examples to prove me wrong was there's all these like, you know, there's a couple of smaller guys, mm-hmm. but for the most part, most guys are bigger. Mm-hmm. And these are guys from some rural parts of nearby areas within three to five hours of this camp. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of hunters and stuff too and into outdoors. And I, I like the outdoors. That That wasn't a problem for me. But there was a lot of big guys. I don't look like any of those guys. <laughs> You are not a big guy. I am not. I am glad you are not a big guy. Well, that's good. I don't mind not being a big guy, but it it's kind of odd when you're around a lot of big guys because everything is bigger there, not just their shoulders or their height, but their head is bigger. Mm-hmm. The Fred Flintstone shadow that starts happening is bigger. Mm-hmm. So this guy says to me, we're at the waterfront doing this polar bear jump in thing. <laughs> and this guy comes and talks to me and, you know, we're talking about kids and job type things like kids related to camp and jumping in and whatever. Uh-huh. And he asks me what I do and I say I'm a mental health professional. And he says that's... I don't know if he said funny, but he said something like, that's funny. And because when I first saw you at camp, I thought, you look so much like my buddy Jeff that I was like, what's Jeff doing here? <laughs> I didn't know he was coming here. That's funny. And then Jeff is also a mental health professional. Oh, that's so great. So apparently there's another guy who's about my size that looks like me running around. <laughs> Short guys get office jobs. Yeah, I guess that could be it. So that made me feel like... You're like some other guy. Yeah. Well, because I feel like I kind of have this veil there and I know what's behind it of all my experience in my trans life. Uh Uh-huh. And on the outside of it, on the other side of what they're seeing on the veil Mm -hmm. is some guy who looks like his buddy who does a similar job. That's totally great. So So, passing privilege in the queer phobic scouts. I, I don't know how phobic they'd be. That's still part of my recon mission. Mm-hmm. And I guess it really depends on the individual grouping of particular scouts and particular parents and which region of the country you're in. It can. Yeah, I think so. And then being just a guy, other guys will talk to me about guy things, which is, you know, before they wouldn't talk to me really right. about very much at all. And the guy I was hanging out with the most was in our pack. He's a Asian guy. Is that PC to say? I don't know what to say. Yeah. Because I don't know what his background is. So he's about my size. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Asian guys would not talk to me at all before, especially guys with English not being their first language. Oh. Because culturally, it just, they weren't going to hang out with the dyke looking dad person. Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Or something. I mean, I don't want to say that for everybody, but but that was my experience in the past. Mm-hmm. So then as you're watching our number two child and, you know, just going through the course of this weekend, managing him as best as possible and stepping back and letting him learn from his mistakes or at least try to as much as possible whenever it won't endanger him or anyone else. Right. Then you ended up with a handful of other adults who recognized what a challenge our child is and what challenges he has Mm -hmm. and said to you, I'm sorry, George. (laughs) 
Yeah, they did because I think like the school might have projected on us, you know, we talked about earlier in the year. People often think if your child is crazy and out of control that you must be doing something wrong, terribly wrong. Mm -hmm. So what would happen is when he starts to get out of control, in part because of my profession, which is keep an eye on the crazy person and see how best you might help them manage themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Part because I do want him to be able to figure it out himself Mm -hmm. if he can. Mm -hmm. And because knowing him, I also have to gauge where am I with this and what would be best for my approach with him as his father, Mm -hmm. which is separate than just interacting with the person who's getting a little crazy. Right. So I tend to take a minute to get to what he's doing and observe what's going on and try to get a gauge of, is it going to correct itself? What part do I need to kind of bump it back on track or steer it in another direction or Mm -hmm. put a roadblock up or something? You were being a very effective parent and the other parents saw that. I was, but because he was sometimes doing stuff, at some point, one of them would get ready to snap because... It was affecting them. He was a little too close to them or it was involving them or something. And He's so being they being a bad example for their yeah, kid. So, or interacting with their kid inappropriately. And so they would address him and they would sort of snap when they were doing it because they probably were trying to keep their cool before that and then they just couldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. So they in part were apologizing for correcting my child, stepping in and correcting my child. Right. And in part apologizing that here we were again and they could see that I had to do this all the time. Mm-hmm. So there was some of each. I'd yeah. say half half the time it was one, half the time it was the other. Okay. It happened enough. I did thank one of the people that he really went off on who waited till she was calm and mm-hmm. came back and talked to him mm-hmm. about it. I thanked her for com- being willing to come back and talk to him about it because that was helpful. Mm-hmm. If not just for him, because I think he only heard a portion, a percent of what she was saying, but the other kids could hear it. Yeah. And that was also a good reason mm-hmm. for her to do that. Was so, this the teacher lady? That was the teacher lady. Oh, and you had some conversations with teacher lady. There was more than one teacher there. Oh, okay. There was a few of them. Was this the one who didn't notice all the noise? No, that was a different one. That was the one who he kept calling the kid the wrong name. <laughs> It was a similar name, but he kept calling him a wrong name. The teacher who didn't notice all the noise, and this was our last day conversation, mm-hmm. but this teacher is a... We had this conversation at the end of camp of, I said, you know, I'm I'm glad we're, we're done or something. We were talking about that. I asked her if she f- survived, all right? Because she said her list on things never to do was go camping. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, Cam- camping's not a problem for me. It's a noise. And she said, what noise? <laughs> And I said, all of it. And she said, like, the shouting, because the whole camp weekend is about shouting. Like Except after 10. Once taps is played, no more shouting. Like, the loudest round of the camp song gets to eat their lunch first, and the loudest and most boisterous cheer gets to go in the lake first. And You better believe it. There was a lot of shouting. And it was competition by design. Yeah. For loudness. Yes. When they are making announcements, the announcer says, somebody else has an announcement, and then we all shout, that person's name has an announcement. I mean, they're shouting and shouting and shouting. And then there's kids that are just shouting anyway because kids shout. Yes, and 
as a behavior management technique, it's actually very useful to put naughty behavior on cue, to put potentially disruptive but not destructive behavior on cue, mm -hmm. to cue, now is the time for shouting, now your shouting is done. Well, I'm glad you explained that to me because I was not appreciating the shouting. <laughs> I'm sorry. So the, the high school teacher says to me, what noise? Which one? And, <laughs> and, and I said, all of it. All of it, basically. <laughs> and just like all of the camping for you, all of the noise for me, all of it. Yes. That teacher at the beginning of camp, mm -hmm. when ours was just getting recognized as that kid. We are totally raising that kid. She says, I'm glad it's not my turn because it usually is. She usually has that kid. Yes. And our kid one-upped her that kid. Exponentially. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. sometimes her kid could follow fairly closely behind. He immediately <gasps> made friends with that kid. Of course. And tried to have a sleepover in that kid's tent, which is fine. Two That's, scouts can sleep do. in a tent. It, it wasn't sleeping over because that kid needed mommy during the night. Mm. But that wasn't the worst of it. Hmm. Trying to get them to bed, 10 o'clock. I'm ready to like murder the camp by 10 o'clock. Our kids go to bed There's... between 7 and 8 every night. Yes. Unless we are doing something else that's a special occasion, and then sometimes they stay up a little bit past 8. So I've been up since 4. I've been dealing with nonstop people, which is not my thing. Nonstop noise, which is not my thing. A kid up too late. And if there was a hatchet in the camp, there would have been bloody murder. But <laughs> we got them in bed at 10. Mm -hmm. I'm dozing off. And at 11 o'clock, there's a light shining on my head and a kid standing in the doorway of my tent saying, Dad, I'm hungry. And I turn around and I said, you have got to be kidding, because I'm furious. Oh, I bet. And I said, if you had gone to sleep when you were supposed to, you wouldn't be hungry right now. You'd be sleeping. Tomorrow, you're not sleeping in anybody else's tent. He's like, fine, I'll go back to bed without food. I said, too late. Eat something, because either way, you're not sleeping in anybody else's tent tomorrow. Right. I gave him a bar, brought him back. Well, there's problems there. They have to have a buddy system at mm -hmm. the camp. And his buddy had left him mm. once he brought him to me. Now, he was okay because he was with me, but his buddy shouldn't have gone back by himself in the dark. Right. At 11 o'clock at night. Right. It's dark in camp mm -hmm. by then. And then in the morning when I went to get our child mm -hmm. so he could do the polar bear plunge, there was no other kid in that tent. And that's not allowed either. He, the other kid left his buddy then too. Mm. So either way, he would have had to come back to my tent. Right. So. Is this the kid that helped break your nice wagon? Yes. Yes. <laughs> our son and that kid, kid handled the wagon. Well, at least you got a break from the camp. A 45 minute drive, was it? Each way, and then a few hours at the ER. At the what? Yeah. What did our son do? Well, the next day, after not sleeping very much, uh huh, he wasn't watching where he was walking. Which he generally doesn't do on a fairly regular basis anyway. Right. He tends to walk forward while looking sideways. Yes. But. We are in the woods, and you don't do it that way. Mm-mm. So I'm standing there with the Asian guy, who is really just my TARDIS friend. I like making TARDIS friends. Yes. He's a Doctor Who fan. And said child trips over a stick and lands on another one with his middle finger, hmm. which got torn open. By the end of said stick? Yes, but I didn't know what was happening just yet. I didn't know exactly like what, what was dripping blood quite so massively. <laughs> <laughs> and it must have hurt because he was screaming. Yeah. It wasn't just I freaked myself out. It must have hurt too. Yeah. So I'm trying to like get his arm up and see what's happening. And then my TARDIS 
geek friend is, I think, freaking out because he's not really a camping type person anyway. And I'm sure that camping and having kids bleed at the same time is not his thing either. (laughs) So his kid is really calm Mm -hmm. and uh, he's pretty calm about it too. And so we're trying to, you know, get the kid's hand up, figure out what we could put on it for pressure. I'm looking for the rescue remedy spray, which I knew I packed, but I didn't see. Mm. I didn't want to spend longer looking for it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take him to the medics. Yes. And we went to the medics and there begins like that, that thing where you go to medical help and you wait. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, pretty, it looked like what, when you get a knife cut, but it was pretty deep. Yeah. And I thought this is going to need stitches. I hope they can do it here. They mm. could not do it there. The, but the, we sat the and waited. was not an actual medic. It was like a pre-med student or something. Yeah. And they weren't, weren't authorized to do that kind of stuff there. Right. And one of the other dads was the medical person. They had to go find him and bring him back. And he's the one who verified we could not do it there. We did a lot of waiting in the meantime. And also they were talking about stitches and that really majorly freaked him out. And so he screamed and screamed and screamed about stitches. Right. Not even knowing. And the, and the guy says to him, have you had stitches he's before? He says, no. He says, then how do you know if it hurts? <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Well, I know it hurts. Yeah. Because... When I was a kid, I got stitches in my hand, in my finger, right right where it attaches to the hand. I mm-hmm. still have a big scar. Seven stitches there. Mm-hmm. And they didn't give me anything for the pain. They just held my ass down and stitched me. That's the way they used to do it. Yeah, and it effing hurt. Mm-hmm. But I was going to tell him that. No. Nope. Because I figured they could shoot lidocaine in it just like they did for my ass. Yay. <laughs> right? Yep. And that's what we had talked about with the medic guy. Mm-hmm. They'll shoot lidocaine in it, which will hurt. The shot will hurt, but then it'll make the stitches not hurt. And it'll stop. Yes. So we have to drive to the <laughs> ER. Which you're in camp, which is on purpose away from all of civilization. Yes, it is. And my car is up on a hill, which is a hike from the camp. Yep. Fortunately, my TARDIS buddy brought the backpack with to the medics. Mm-hmm. And that had the car keys in it because I had set the backpack down while I was holding the kid's arm up and putting pressure on his finger, which made him scream more because, you know, it already hurt. Right. So we went up to, you know, somebody escorted us up there and then we had to drive around and come down to the camp to get the other things we needed. Mm-hmm. And my TARDIS buddy wanted to go with to the ER. And I think I didn't realize it at the time. I thought, well, he, he doesn't have to do that. And I'm perfectly fine with some peace and quiet. And not that he'd talk very much and disrupt it anyway. We'd probably just talk about Doctor Who if we had half a chance. But right. It turns out, really, he just wanted to get the hell out of there for a while. (laughs) Can you blame him? I can't, but I didn't know that, so I didn't take him. I just wanted to manage ourselves. Yeah. It would have been helpful to have another guy with because, you know, it's like, okay, you lay down here in the ER and I go to the bathroom and find you a snack, you know? Right. That kind of stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it was super, super quiet at the ER, so I I was digging that. Yay. Like a few hours of quiet. Nice. And it took a long time. It does that. It was quiet. There was no one. And I was assuming there was no, also no doctors because it took a long time. Aww. And then we, we had to do the stitches. And the guy doing it was cool. He was on his game. He knew what he was doing. He was not a doctor. He was something else. I'd have to look at the papers. But he had a good grip on the kid's hand when he was shooting up the lidocaine, which is a darn good thing because I was holding him his chest down. 
Mm-hmm. And he was not pleased with us. No, oh, I bet. But the guy was <laughs> and talking. He's a strong kid. He's super strong. He was worn out at that point. He fell asleep in in the waiting room like three different times in between Aww. each section of okay, come sign this. Okay, come answer these questions. Okay, come get your blood pressure. That uh-huh. kind of stuff. He fell asleep each time. Oh, he was wiped out from so much screaming and crying. Even so, he's still a really strong guy. He's really strong. Which So I was holding him down, like leaning on his chest, holding him down, and the guy had his hand. He was talking him through it, though, so that was good. He wasn't just mm-hmm. like, suck it up, you know, like mm-hmm. they did with me. <laughs> he talked him through it, and then when he was, he made sure it was numbed because the kid could still feel the needle. Mm-hmm. Once the needle's going in and there, there's a little bit of lidocaine on the outside of the needle, you shouldn't be feeling all that, but he was. Mm-hmm. Probably one of his sensory things. Yeah. And then, so then he sat there and watched the guy stitch up his finger and was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. (laughs) Which is funny because when I took him to kids club this morning, when we dropped him off, someone overheard me telling the director lady that he had stitches and other kid comes over and says, cool, can I see? And I had just said, our child is not supposed to take off his Band-Aid, especially, just as this other kid comes over, especially not to show off his stitches. What I was going to do with him today is whichever one of us, oh, we're not picking him up. I will text his aunt is picking up and tell her it's okay if he shows his stitches at the end of the day, but he needs a new Band-Aid when he gets back. So anyway, he thought that getting stitches was pretty cool. He did. He wanted to know what color thread. If it would stick out, you know? Yeah. So we got the stitches, and and then he's like, okay, let's go. And I'm like, dude, we got to wait for paperwork. You know, like they finish, and he's like, let's go, man. Let's go back to camp. (laughs) (laughs) Because at that point, the pain hadn't kicked back in yet. No. And it actually didn't till the next day. Oh. Which is great, because I don't like to give him ibuprofen or Tylenol, because it makes his temper worse. It does. And it did make his temper worse when I finally had to give it to him. That's a bummer. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! put it there. Oh, I see a hummingbird. Oh. That was cool. I missed it. Oh, uh, well. uh, remind me to tell you the hummingbird story when I get to the activities part of camp. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Fred Flintstone shadow that starts happening is bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that me? Is that you with your phone somewhere? That's me. Naughty, naughty. Mm. Just doesn't like it when you let things make sounds during her podcast. Mm. Mm. Okay. I think that's two episodes. Probably is. I figured it would be. That's okay. Yeah. I've got no complaints about that. I know you don't.